the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And today I'm live in the studio with the most beautiful girl in Texas, my wife Paula. And it is the date day edition of the show. Ladies, it's a day that we set aside especially for you. Not just for you, but this is a perfect time for you to call if you need any encouragement or have questions. Anything that Paula could help you with, today is the day. 340-9585 is our number. That's 340-9585. You can also call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the best and the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Um, We're getting close to Christmas. People are starting to get excited. Just had a room full of kids. Kids uh, in the office who are praying for you and praying for me and for Paula today for the program, uh, and they're excited about Christmas. Paula, are you excited about Christmas? I am. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> uh-huh. This year was kind of strange for me because I didn't put up a single decoration at our home. That's very strange. I actually like it. I know, <laughs> but for you, I did that next year. It's going to be blasted. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, I'm just starting out. It's your show. Oh, sweet. All right. All right. Well, I was looking for a question that I got the other day, and I heard you talk about it on the show yesterday. Um, You know, with it being Christmas and all, uh, how do you and I uh, share gifts? You know, the questioner was saying that... um, it kind of, you know, is, is a, it sounded like a little bit of a strain, you know, to try to come up with something every year between she and her husband to share. And I was, my response was, well, you may not like, you may not like my answer, <laughs> but we uh, eliminated that kind of pressure just many years ago. I don't know if it was because we were poor or, no, even before when we had lots of money, we, we just thought, we don't have to make a big deal of that. It's just like, um, you know, when we have Joy of Jesus, that one Saturday, the fourth Saturday of, of October every year. The first Saturday. The last Saturday of the October, last Saturday October. Um, every every year. Um, uh, that, you know, every day is Joy of Jesus Day for us. And so for you and me, I mean, we celebrate our birthdays and um, Mother's Day, Father's Day, even our anniversary. But without expectation of you got to go out and spend a lot of money. I mean, there's been a couple of years, you, Pastor Ron, because you're the more generous one of us, where I had the 50 long stem yellow roses that I could hardly carry. And then, of course, I'm allergic to them. <laughs> I don't think you knew it at the time. My heart was right. Yeah, he's trying to kill me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we kind of are, are generous to 
almost sometimes to a fault throughout the year, so we don't really go out loud on well, those. In, in last Sunday's um, message mm-hmm. uh, here at the church, uh, one of the things they talked about was was being different than people in the world and, you know, people approaching Christmas um, from uh, 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 having been marketed thoroughly perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to buy stuff. We got to get. And, and one of the things that I said in, in, a, in a practical application of the passage was, um, you know, we're different. We, we shouldn't go into debt to buy people gifts or to, to strive to find the perfect gift simply so people will know that we're good gift givers. Mm-hmm. And uh, my hope, and I, I'm not sure it worked, but my hope was that we wouldn't um, we, we wouldn't put so much pressure on ourselves during Christmas. It would be a time when we could refocus on what the see, reason for the season really is mm-hmm. and, and put Jesus back in the middle. And I've just seen so many people over the years, Paula, as have you, who who so badly overspent mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the, the year. They're, they're struggling to make ends meet, but suddenly they get real generous, and it causes a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just a huge burden. And uh, I don't know whether this question was in response to that or not, but one of the things that we have always done is we bought things for one another when we were together or when we were in need. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when the Lord provided. When the Lord provided, <laughs> especially since we've been here in Texas. Uh-huh. But, you know, um, um, you know we, we, we don't have, you and I, we don't have money. To, to, to spend a thousand dollars on Christmas mm-hmm. uh, just to go out and do it we so uh, we buy stuff our days off we shop together we just hang out together mm-hmm. and if there's a need we we provide for those needs we mm-hmm. take care of those needs and mm-hmm. it makes the everyday um, gift giving better and richer I think mm-hmm. but when it comes to Christmas it's like sometimes even we feel guilty, like, well, we should do something. <laughs> but it, it just seems to work so much better for us. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, I can't remember after the, the debacle with the the roses and your allergies. She really does like yellow roses, so the, it was They're a thought favorites. that counted. That's right. I appreciate it. But, but the idea was, um, you know, when I was wealthy, we had a lot of money in the world before I got saved. Uh, I bought Paula really, really expensive things. And it didn't mean anything because she didn't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that she knows she's loved and I know I'm loved, it's not the gift. It's more the time together. And it just never made sense to me why one day is extra special, whether it's your birthday or our anniversary. We celebrate those things and we're grateful, mm-hmm. but it's much better to celebrate it 365 days a year instead of just that one day a year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, we're not at all gift givers to one another. And I hate to put a whole lot of stuff on a credit card for your birthday or for you to put on a credit card for mine because I'm still ended up paying for it. (laughs) You know, we we both have to pay. So, yeah, no, I just, just look me in the eye, tell me you love me, I'm good. But we also took that pressure off of our kids, you know, especially as they began to have kids of their own. Um, you know, you got that list. I got to get something for mom, for dad, for sister, for brother, for my nephew, for my cousins. How many gifts should I give them and how much? And man, if I don't spend that much on the other one, they're going to find out. And uh, that's just ridiculous. So we just told our kids, look, we'll buy for the grandkids, you know, or now this year because they're getting to the teenagers. They used to think we were cool when we shop for them because, you know, you got the style king thing down. But now that they're teenagers, just like the, the kids we take shopping here, they used to want, um, you know, like hand sanitizer and a few little clothing items, and now it's all makeup. Well, our grandkids are are getting older as well, and so they have their own style. Um, Ari now, I, don't, I told you this, Ronnie says, Ari is strange. He's going to be 15 soon. But he's going online buying vintage clothes. Now, when they say vintage, they mean the 90s, baby. Yeah, that's that's the, not vintage. That's not vintage from our perspective. No. But anyway, he's, he's shopping online, so they asked for cash. So, you know, don't shop for me, Grandma. I'll get my own stuff. So it was pretty easy this year. We just sent a couple of gift cards, and they'll do their own shopping. But, you know. Yeah, and, and even that, it, it's not extravagant. You know, we've got mm-hmm. five grandkids, and... That can break the bank. Um, <laughs> if you go crazy. Yeah, if you let it. But mm-hmm. the, the idea is 
Uh, I want my grandkids to know that at least in this house in Texas, Christmas is about Jesus mm-hmm. and not about gifts. Now, the gifts, we they know we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we're simply unwilling to yield and make Christmas something that it's not. Yeah. And it, it has nothing to do with cheap. I, I'm, I'm, you are not cheap. No, I, I'm very generous. Uh, but, you know, honestly, we don't have much money. And so if that's the case, we, we're, we're certainly not going to go into debt uh, to, to do it. It just doesn't make sense to yeah. me, and yet that seems to be the way of the world that we live in. Um, maybe if anybody in the listening audience has uh, any suggestions or questions about this issue, it would be a good time to, to call. <laughs> Christmas is coming up in just a few days. Yeah, yeah. They're all at the mall right now. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they can't can't answer, ask a question. Yeah, Actually, one of the things we've tried to do is make sure we don't go near a mall from <laughs> Thanksgiving till January 2nd. Except for that one day taking the kids. Yeah. That's it. And we do that early enough and we're all alone. And, yeah. and now that most people are shopping online, the malls aren't as crazy. Yeah. That's just the last minute stuff. They're crazy. Oh, my goodness. But, but when we we took the, the, the kids here out. Mm-hmm. So if you have any thoughts on this, is gift giving really, really important to you? And have you examined your heart to figure out why it is? You know, if, if I learned as an unbeliever that if Paula doesn't feel loved, it doesn't matter how expensive or extravagant the gift is. It, it really has no value. It's a, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to wear around if it's a diamond ring or a Rolex watch or something like that. But at the same time, it doesn't do anything to enrich our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as Christians, we ought not to be caught in those worldly traps. Yeah. So if that uh, <laughs> hits home with any of you, that's just sort of the way uh, Paul and I have done it for years. That's the question you had. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. Um, I was going to um, try to encourage people uh, with Christmas coming up. So many people, you know, they kind of fall into a depression in this time of year. I don't know. It seems like maybe before Thanksgiving until after the first of the year, a lot of people kind of, um, because they're missing loved ones or they're not married yet and they see others celebrating with full families or at least a spouse. Um, I just want to tell them, you know, especially if you're Christians, uh, you know, it's really easy to get the focus onto yourself, you know, where you can fall into a uh, serious pity party and then uh, t- depression. And there's a whole lot of people um, who've lost loved ones, you know, uh, and... They just aren't understanding and not quite able to deal with it. Um, and so my suggestion is that if you are alone, um, reach out to others that you might know are alone and you can be together alone, Is that if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, Paul, I think one of the things that I think should be inherent with Christmas uh, instead of making it all about us, we make it all about Jesus. When you're all about Jesus, then you're going to be reaching out to other people. You're not going to be focused on your emptiness or your loneliness or your pain. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we, we've lost people at this time of year. It, it's, it's painful. Mm-hmm. But the minute you start giving in to that pain, um, you, you've lost the real purpose of what Christmas is. And so many people, year after year after year, sort of disappear in December, mm-hmm. uh, anticipating that they're going to be depressed and everybody's going to be happy with them. But here's the thing. Christmas isn't just for happy people. Christmas is especially for the lost and the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Christmas is Jesus. And as you've heard me say a million times, David writes in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And yet we wallow in our own sorrow, in our own loneliness. And I don't say this to sound insensitive to anybody in the audience who's hurting this time of year. But but here's Paula's suggestion is, is reach out to somebody who's hurting. And then you become the comforter. Mm-hmm. And as you become the comforter, the real comforter, the Holy Spirit, that empowers you. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why being... Um, a part of the healthy and a vibrant church body is so, so viable. In our church, just as one example, and I'm sure this is the same everywhere, 
Um, you know, while we have a lot of people, we've got a whole small underbelly culture going on all the time. Families that get together, people from specific ministries mm-hmm. or people that have just been around for a long time. And they're, they're, you, you told me today about people adopting other people, mm-hmm. uh, whole families adopting people that are alone for Christmas mm-hmm. and having them over Christmas mm-hmm. morning or mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, depending mm-hmm. on how the calendar falls. Um, uh, you and I, we have a Christmas tradition. We've been going to breakfast in a movie with a family uh, every Christmas morning mm-hmm. since we've been in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and we've watched those kids grow up from, from really tiny, tiny kids mm-hmm. to now adults. Yeah, they don't have parents and the children don't have grandparents, so they've adopted us. And since our biological family is not here, it just works out great. Yeah, and and we miss our family. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we would love our kids to be here every Christmas and our grandkids. But, um, y- you know, that's what God, he sets the lonely in families. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, so, so that's just been a tradition. We wouldn't consider not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to go to a movie on Christmas? No. <laughs> do we need to go to breakfast on Christmas? Mm-hmm. Well, not where we're going for breakfast. We don't need to go. <laughs> you made me promise I'd behave. You so be I'm going to nice. behave. That's right. but, uh, yeah. but, but you know what? The, the idea is that we're with family. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not our blood family. Mm-hmm. But for many of us, the people in the church are around us all the time. They're closer than blood family. Yeah. And so we do that. We've got uh, other families who open gifts and they invite people over and there's always a gift for them, mm-hmm. the kind of thing. Uh, small things. things are, we have one lady in our church. God bless her. Uh, I'm not a card person. If I never got a card, I like the cards that have pictures on them because I put them on my prayer wall and, and that's how I pray. Mm-hmm. But but to buy cards mm-hmm. just never really made a... Just, <laughs> I, I, I don't care what Hallmark wrote. <laughs> I really don't. But we have this one lady who makes her cards by hand. Mm-hmm. And, and you know the love and the time and the patience that went into that. Yeah. And and that's a card that we display. Yes. And I have an Easter one. I yeah. have yeah. Christmas. I have two Christmas ones now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, See, those things mean more to us than, than a card that was purchased that would have been $1,000 a card. Mm-hmm. Um, because it... it it's somebody sharing their heart mm-hmm. and their time and their effort with us. So those are the holiday traditions that can turn you into a servant of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. instead of, woe is me, nobody's here, I miss my departed spouse, or I miss my family, or we're all alone again. Whatever it is that we find ourselves uh, upset about or, or depressed because of, um, be somebody that reaches out to others because in every church body, including ours, there are people who are going to sit in a room all by themselves mm-hmm. for Christmas. And, and uh, you know, you can be the answer that, that God sends to them. And that's much more fulfilling mm-hmm. than somebody coming to you and making you the object of that ministry. Yeah. Seriously, uh, we have so many people in our body, too, Ron, who over the years because we have a, a ministry called um, uh, Treasures in Jars of Clay and uh, we have Lilies of the Field. Lilies of the Field is that ministry where um, it's for single moms, single dads, and the body here um, donates so that uh, Rosalinda, who has that ministry up, can buy uh, Walmart and ATB gift cards and make sure that the people are provided for you know, so for the Thanksgiving, the Christmas, and stuff like that. But then we have other people who have just looked around the body and saw the needs and asked, you know, who can we give Christmas gifts to? And they just bring stuff in big black plastic bags mm-hmm. with the family's name on it, anonymously given, so that that family... And we're not talking just an isolated case or two. No. This happens Mm -hmm. every single year Mm -hmm. over and over and over uh, because they're the ones who are seeking the Lord and they're the ones who are reaching out and saying, Lord, who can I minister to or who can I help or who can I make Christmas Mm -hmm. uh, richer for? Yeah. And and God always provides the answers. Yes. And um, I'm just throwing out some suggestions. So um, any of you want to pick these up? We have another group of ladies who... um, get together and teach others how to make tamales. 
we have if you're a grandma and, and you don't have any family or like the lady who called yesterday um, doesn't know where her her child and the grandkids are because she's a committed Christian this grandma who's calling in um, you know grandma you can reach out to other families and say um, I would really love to bake cookies with you you know maybe your your kids could your kids come over you know you and your kids come over and I'll, I'll bake cookies with them it doesn't have to be on Christmas Day that just could be something that you used to reach out I, I'm just don't want anybody to be alone and I don't want anybody to be um, caught in the devil's web of yeah Christmas Christ's birthday and look where you are I don't want anybody to be caught in that trap that attack from the enemy it's a time of celebration we will be with Jesus forever one day and we can start um, looking up instead of looking in and and be encouraged. Yeah, you know, Paula, we've had some families here uh, who who made it a Christmas tradition right after Christmas. They take a trip to Dallas and go to Six Flags <laughs> up there with, with three different families. Mm-hmm. No matter how cold it is, yeah. they're going. They're going. And, and um, you know, it, it just, there's so many opportunities to, to reach out. Um, again, if you're serving, in a ministry, you get close to the people that you're serving with. I keep talking about our Saturday morning cleaning ministry here at Calvary <laughs> Chapel. Mm-hmm. I mean, those people are nuts. They, 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 you'd swear they were having a party mm-hmm. instead of cleaning the church on Saturday mornings. And they've all become very, very close. Yeah. And they have their own things going on mm-hmm. throughout the year. Uh, and I guess your point is that if you are alone, you don't have to be lonely. Yeah. You can be the one that God uses to reach out. And if we would focus on other people instead of focusing on our pain or our loneliness or what we are missing and instead focus and rejoice because of what we have been given, what we've received, then I think, Paula, um, Christmas will be rich and full. We don't want, again, we just don't want anybody. Uh, Yeah, I don't want anybody to be alone or to really struggle through. I want them to be be well this year. Anyway, okay, so. we got four minutes left in this half of the program. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Mm-hmm. Okay. For Christians, because, you know, this is the hustle and bustle time, like even driving, going home a few minutes ago and then getting back in the car to come back here to the studio, there's a lot of people on the road, Pastor Ron. This whole that hustle and bustle. And um, I was teaching Monday night uh, just a couple of verses, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And so, you know, okay. So we do have family, and we do have some money, and we can't go buy gifts and all that stuff, and we're going to cook a whole meal again, you know, um, and all the running around and stuff. But again, don't lose focus on what this season is all about. Don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season. And this is that season, you know, where everybody knows it's really about Jesus, whether they want to accept it or not. And they want to say Merry Christmas or Merry Xmas or Happy Holidays or, you know, <laughs> Seasons Greetings, whatever. We all know why we're celebrating. And so for the Christians, don't forget in all the hustle and bustle to be sure to share Jesus, um, whether that's through demonstrating extra patience when that lady gets the last gift that you thought you had to have for your child, you know, you just let's be sure that we take a deep breath and when we go and do whatever we're doing, we're doing it with Jesus. Even Christmas shopping is fun with Jesus. You know it. <laughs> because that's, you know we don't like to do, we don't like to crowd them all. <laughs> I think, you're worse, me, yeah, I think you're worse than I am yeah. about, about that. Yeah. But but I think the whole point, and, and this is what we want to communicate, and it's so important. Yesterday, Paul, and you remember, I had a question about what Christians should tell their kids about Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Um, uh, this, is, um, this is the day we celebrate God 
invading planet Earth. God leaving heaven, emptying himself, Mm -hmm. and becoming one of us so that he could die for us and die in place of us. And if we forget that in Christmas, if Christmas becomes about jingle bells and Santa Claus, we actually had somebody who who wrote in and said, and this was somebody from our church, well, can we have some Christmas stuff with like Christmas songs, like jingle bells and those kind of things? No. Frosty the snowman. (laughs) No. Those people aren't real. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do is make Christmas about Jesus. And if you think that that's going to take away the fun, you don't really know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the best gift of all. And then he turns around and gives us eternal life. And and gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. And he, he orders our steps. He leads us in places that we can't imagine. I have the freedom to be who I am. Yeah. And the liberty to grow in, in grace and knowledge of him. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Let's make Christmas about Christ. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're busy, but we'd love your calls if you have any comments or questions. 340-9585 for your live calls. That's 340-9585. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program, 340-9585, if you have any calls or questions. And it doesn't have to be questions about what we're talking about. You can, as always, questions about the Bible or what's going on in your life. We'll be happy to answer those questions as well. Um, Paula, before we move on to where you were going to go next, uh, one of the things that you were talking about uh, is, is, especially for those who have a tendency to be depressed or or, or are all alone, uh, if they reach out and, and are kind, um, God's going to answer their prayers. Mm-hmm. And God's going to... I was thinking of the Bible study last night where uh, David stopped and showed unusual kindness mm-hmm. to an Egyptian. When David was on a mission, you know, I got to go get my wife and and the, the wives and the children of my men back. You know, the Amalekites had had plundered them, and David wanted to go destroy him. And there was a single Egyptian, and David showed him unusual kindness. Mm-hmm. Turns out that that Egyptian was an answer to David's prayers mm-hmm. that he didn't even know he was praying. And uh, one of the things I said in the Bible study last night was that um, being kind never stops your progress with the Lord. And um, Christmas is a great time to be kind. It shouldn't by any means be the only time we're kind. <laughs> but but Christmas is a time when other people are hurting. You can take your pain and turn it into something constructive. Um, you know, we, we've got a guy who goes uh, every year at Christmas to uh, Samsi and, and, and ministers to um, those who have been injured badly. Uh, in some of our war efforts. Mm. Um, we have families who are adopted, as we talked about. Uh, you were going to talk about military people being mm-hmm. adopted. Mm-hmm. There's uh, quite a few of our uh, families who, because uh, I shouldn't say kids, but they're kids to me because I'm so old. <laughs> uh, but they're here on either TDY or boot camp or whatever, and they can't go back home. And so there's quite a few here in the Spotty who will, one year, one family, a husband and a wife, 20 for, I think, Thanksgiving or Christmas at their house because, you know, not enough people uh, signed up to take them in. But, yeah. Yeah, and this just isn't for, like, a couple of hours. we got a lot of people, as, as churches in San Antonio do, people who are transferring in. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're permanent duty stations here, but they're brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why it is, but around Thanksgiving, it seems like there's a huge turnover. Yeah. People leave and people come. Well, they don't know anybody when they get here. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for people in our body to reach out to them and say, you know what, there's no need for you to be alone. Uh, and, and it's not that you've got to be around a bunch of other soldiers or airmen or mm-hmm. or Marines. Uh, th- th- these are, are are relationships 
that begin to develop. And the good thing about the, the, the military relationships is these people make it a point to come back whenever they can and visit. So when they, they come, they spend a couple of years or three or four or five years, mm-hmm. and then they go, mm-hmm. uh, they're family, and oh, they don't yeah. stop being family just because they, they, they left. So uh, I think my point is that we can be kind and we can actually speed up God's will mm-hmm. in our lives because it's people that he is concerned about, yes. not so much um, what they can do for you or how long they're going to be here, mm-hmm. but be kind to people, and you're going to see an amazing transformation, and Christmases will be different than they ever were. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you were saying, uh, well, that's happened to me, because, I mean, the first few years we were here, um, it was like, <laughs> my kids can't come for Christmas, and I can't afford to send them out here and stuff like that, and, and uh, you know, I, I was like, well, I'm going to cook the meal, but my kids aren't here, kind of a thing. And the Lord just flipped my heart and said, but I've given you all of these here. Um, and so you just pour yourself into others. So that, that was awesome. Just don't, you know, don't focus on yourself so much, Paula. And the fact that you're able, because I'm thinking of so many people, like you were saying, so many people are going to be in the hospital on Christmas Day because they have some illness or, you know? I'm laughing because we've had a bunch of babies, it seems, over the years, right over at Christmas. In fact, I just said, yeah. it's almost your birthday to yeah. Javier. Javier. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and you know, it's, it's uh, a hospital is such a horrible place to be on Christmas. Yeah. And there's nobody around, the care is minimized, <laughs> but um, there are opportunities to minister babies don't choose when they're going to come. They just come. Yep, yep. And he's so excited. He's going to be 10. I, you know, My goodness. I know. That was 10 years ago because we were there on the day he was born on Christmas Day. It was awesome. But there's some people who it's not such a joyful time, a baby born. It's like we have a, a couple of the kids who were shot from the Southern Springs. The, the, little, the little boy, he's going to be in the hospital until after the first of the year. His family's going to be in the hospital on Christmas, yeah. you know. And so, I mean, there's always somebody we can minister to, you know. There's people who... Just at, to get the focus homes. off us. Yeah, nursing homes. Yeah, we send our kids out caroling. <laughs> Every year we send our our first graders through fourth grade, I think, mm-hmm. um, and, and they go to a nursing home here, and, and every year they carol. But but the real thing that they do after the Christmas caroling is they're, they're talking to the people. Yeah. They're sharing with the people. Yeah. And they look so forward to it, and and it's just it's just a kindness, and there are so many places and so many people that need it. It was so cute. Jocelyn was telling me that one of the, the elderly ladies, you know, um, she wanted to tip the kids. <laughs> and so wait, wait, how much? She pulled out a dollar, and she said, okay, now I want you to share this with your friends, <laughs> you know. But a dollar is a lot of money back in, you know. Hey, when we were kids, you, you could buy a lot of candy for a dollar. Yeah, boy. And so, but that was really cute. Just the kindness. She realized it and felt it and knew, I need to do something in return for that. And so she offered them a dollar, and that's sweet. But, yeah, just... We, there's so many opportunities um, to do for others, and when you do for others, um, you yourself will be blessed. That's my scripture for you. I'm going to look it up. It's Proverbs 11:25. In my mind, it says, "A generous man will himself be blessed." If you're generous, if you're if you're generous with your kindness, generous with your time, with your talent. I mean, there's so many people who can do stuff and make stuff. Um, we even had people in, in past years, as their Christmas gift, because they couldn't afford much, they would say, let me cook a meal for you. Let me clean your house for you. Uh, I, I would love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are great gifts. But to give of yourself. Um, we have a lady who is a, a masseuse. Oh, yeah. And and she That's gives herself gift. as gift to some mm-hmm. of the other ladies mm-hmm. in the church. There's just so many yeah. different things we could do. And, you know, I'm just, uh, I have one lady who she knows I love her um, granola. She made me some granola, Pastor Ron. <laughs> and then she says, because she knows me, she goes, 
you need to demonstrate some self-control. That way it'll last longer. <laughs> I'm like, what? Just make me some more. But no, it's so wonderful. But everybody, everybody can do something. And so focus on that thing and, and use it for God's glory. And you yourself, generous person, will be blessed. Yeah, you know, Paul, I was just thinking we have uh, um, a manor house here at the church. It's a ministry. Uh, somebody gave us a house. Yeah. And um, um, we knew that God wanted us to turn that into a house of ministry. So mm-hmm. it is a place where women can go to be safe. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe women who have been in abusive relationships or women who are experiencing other kinds of difficulties in their lives. Um, we have some ground rules. You've got to come to church and, and you've got to follow the rules, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got staff there that lives there with them and ministers to them. But just this past week, um, once again, they had their uh, annual Christmas dinner together. And, and we need a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> we need a bigger house we for those kind of things. House, yes. but, but the idea is there's so many people. At, at, again, here at Calvary Chapel, we can say, uh, why don't you bless one of the ladies? At Manor House, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're doing f- for them, but kindness matters, and uh, it, it forces you to stop thinking about your circumstances, mm-hmm. and gives your the, the Holy Spirit the opportunity to empower you to minister to others, and it's amazing how quickly your depression or discouragement, whatever you want to call it, goes when you're ministering to others. And in the process, you make some great friends. I think the yes. best thing about Manor House for me personally, okay. not only that we get to help these women change their lives, um, it's that once they're gone, when they're walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. and, and most of them get saved, mm-hmm. not all of them, but most of them get saved, mm-hmm. um, and, and they're on their own, they're standing on their own, too. they come back. They come back, and now... They're serving at Manor House yeah. because of the effect that it had on them, the kindness. Yeah. And it'd be easy for them to say, well, you know, my life, I was going through a really bad time. But, but you know what? God used that for his glory, yeah. and he creates others who can comfort others with the comfort that they themselves have received yeah. from God. So there's just so much that we can do mm-hmm. if we uh, will just get our eyes on him mm-hmm. and off of us. Mm-hmm. I know that's difficult. I said in my Bible study last night that when we're out of the will of God, when things aren't going well, the last thing we want to do is be in church or open our Bibles or pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the battle with our flesh that we've got to win. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody who knows that they're going to be depressed every Christmas season needs to start fighting a lot sooner than before Christmas comes. Mm-hmm. And be sure you're in church. Get to church. Like you've had it, you've had it twice recently. Um, I'm so tired, or I just don't feel like it. Do I need to get up? Yes, get up, get dressed. Well, get up, take a shower, brush your teeth, <laughs> comb your hair, <laughs> get dressed, and come to church. And, and you know what? All those things that you're going through, they will be addressed. But like 95% of the time, it's in the message, but the rest of it is in the body of Christ. People will say, oh, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I've been praying for you. Or, wow, I haven't seen you in such a long time. It's good to see you. You know, and then you can, that's how you make friends. Yeah, you know, by far, and I think this was God's divine design, but by far the best thing about church, and and again, I'll just use our church as an example, but it's true about every church. Mm -hmm. The the best thing is not my message. The best thing is not our worship. I hope the worship, I know the worship is great. I hope the message is going to speak to somebody. Oh, yeah. But by far the best thing about our church Mm -hmm. is the people. Yeah. I tell that. By far. Oh, yeah, for sure. When we get new people, Pastor Ron, and I see them looking at the walls and, you know, if they happen to glance down at the carpeting because they don't know we have a free school here and these kids eat and, you know, play on these floors. But, you know, I'll say, the building's kind of tacky. I know it is. But the people, the people, you can't. You can't buy better people. A whole bunch of pearls a great price. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. And you would just, and, and most people say, well, you can just really feel the love in here. I was like, I know. <laughs> you can. 
you know, a lot of times because people come from the radio ministries that we have or they'll visit from out of town or, well, Pastor Ron, we had to make a trip to come over to see you. I said, no, no, no. The very best thing about this church is the people sitting around you in church. Mm-hmm. So don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Open yourself up and let them touch your heart. Mm-hmm. And oh, invariably, if they accept that challenge, they come back to me and say, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's what it was like in the book of Acts in the first century church where um, people couldn't stand to see others in need without providing for them. You know, Paula, one of the things that I love that happens here virtually every Sunday is somebody who shows up. You know, we have, I don't know, 30, 40 new people come every Sunday with three services. I'm so, looking at my book because yeah. I try to write down all the new names. I got so, and those, those, names. those are the only ones you can get to. That's right. But, but almost always there's somebody from the church that invites them out to lunch afterwards. Mm-hmm. Just to get to know them, just to talk to them, pray with them. Uh, we, we've got a, a, a big, big, big team of people that are here every Sunday looking for those who are lost and hurting and hungry and broken mm-hmm. and needy and confused. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they go out of their way. There's no value in talking to people that you talk to all the time. Let's look for somebody new. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to somebody who looks like they're hurting. Let's see what we can do to minister to them. And and that can happen every Sunday. It doesn't have to be just Christmas. Uh, this Christmas, it just happens to be this Christmas Eve. Uh, mm-hmm. Sunday is Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be packed. Yeah. Uh, that's just the people are going to be here. But it, it, it represents so many opportunities to really spend ourselves so that someone else can see that God loves them. And it makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just, yeah. that's the best thing. Yeah. Last night it was cute, sad in a way, but cute nevertheless, is a, 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 a man who has a wife who's not a believer, so he comes to church himself. But there was an older lady who is married. She comes. Her husband doesn't come. And so the older lady was like a grandma, you know, was saying to this young man, you just be patient. You just keep loving the Lord, learning all about him. Love your wife and let the Lord work on because she's been coming a long time, and her husband, he will show up every once in a while, mostly at events, uh, but not to church. And she said, you cannot let her behavior, talking to the young man, you can't let her behavior deter you from following after Jesus with your whole heart. Just be patient. Let her see that you're changed. Maybe she'll come. Maybe she won't. But you just keep your focus on Jesus. And it was just really so encouraging to see her because at the beginning many years ago when when she was going through this her heart was just broken and she would just cry and sometimes kind of even be a little bit angry because why doesn't he get it kind of thing god why don't you fix him Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um she is just it was just a joy to see her ministering to this young guy you know just you you just keep coming that's another thing. Christmas Day. We want to be with family. This year's Christmas Eve. Last year was Christmas Day. But go to church. Everybody who's a believer, be at your church. Be all about Jesus. Because those people at your house, they need to see that you really are serious about this one that we're celebrating. It's not about, let's light the Christmas tree and let's open our gifts and and eat a bunch of food. No, let me. I'm going to church first. I'll see you all when I get back. So, that's what. I'm, am I just preaching to people or what? <laughs> telling them how to live their life? Right? <laughs> We've still got a little bit of time in the program. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have anything to contribute or any questions that you would like answered, uh, or toll free, you can call us at eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. What's next, Paul? It's your show. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. What should we talk about now? Oh, you know, here's a here's a good thing. People always want to know what is the will of God in my life. And, and on Sunday, this is a good this is a good gift because we can know we can know the will of God for us in church and how church can really be fun if everybody does their part. Okay, so Pastor Ron, you said you were the mouth, <laughs> you know, and you were you are Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, you know. The mouth, but what good is a mouth? Just yap, 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 you know, if you don't have some ears to hear what you're saying. With the idea of taking what's being taught not only into our ears, because you know, the word says don't just be hearers only, 
but be doers, so putting it into practical um, application. So uh, you were saying the very first thing we need to, to do is not think too highly of ourselves because the gifts that have been given to us, like here I am trying to preach to people, you know, um, talk because I have the gift of but, encouragement. But yeah, but you're doing it from a humble heart, so it's okay. Okay, good. Okay, so but I'm doing it from a heart. Uh, you know, even before I came over here, Lord, all we want to do on this radio program is to encourage people, one, to know who Jesus is, two, that knowing who he is, that they would be saved. and But mostly, Lord, for the believers who, by and large, are the ones listening to this program, to be encouraged, to know how much he loves them and the freedom that they have. And I say this, um, um, to be who they are in Christ, not just who they are, what they think they are, but who they are in Christ and to live um, up to that. So, um, so, so I have the gift of encouragement, but not to think too highly of myself because, you know, I, I was a cheerleader way back in the day, not even knowing that God had, was telling me that I have the gift of encouragement, especially to those who are the down and out. Not that my teams were always the losers, <laughs> but we had, to, we, had to, we had to cheer hard, Pastor Ron, to get our teams to get, you know, even even maybe every once in a while win a game. But so not to think too highly of ourselves, you were saying, and then, um, and then not to compare ourselves to other people um, because we all have a different measure of faith. So you're the mouth, and... The, the measure of faith that you have with your mouth is different than the measure of faith that I have with mine. Yours is more instructive. You've got the history. Mine is more of exhortive. Is my, this is what it says now. Yeah, go do it, but I can't do the history <laughs> of it. So it's just different. So, but uh, to be humble, thinking more of others. And so when I come to church and I'm listening to you, it's, it's, it's never been... Oh, I would have said it different. Or why did he say it like that? Or Pastor Ron, you need to step down so I could do the preaching today. None of it. It's never been anything like that. Um, to not think too highly of yourself, and then to be humble, thinking more of others. So when I come to church, seriously, I got my pad and my paper because I want to learn. I want to be. I want to be changed. I want to be more like Christ. Um, See, so, that's, that's why people like you need a mouth. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, the, the, uh, the book of Romans, and we've been in it now for uh, about a year. Um, we, we've made it through the first 11 chapters. We've just started chapter 12, which begins our practical response. And, and, and he begins the whole passage by saying that we can know the perfect will of God. Mm -hmm. And then he explains for the next five chapters what that will of God looks like. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is listen. And he begins this process by comparing uh, his body to the human body. Just as a body has many members, they're not all the same. They have different functions. And, you know, if, you're, if your feet won't cooperate with your legs, you're going to fall down. You're, you're never going to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if your uh, hand won't cooperate... Uh, with your brain, when your brain says, you know, you got to itch, scratch your head, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to just continue to itch. Well, in the body, the same principle exists, the body of Christ. That's where we're all here, and we're different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. uh, we have different gifts, and now in our studies, he's going through what those gifts are, um, uh, and, and um, what we've got to do is understand how to use our gifts. And the minute we start thinking about, well, I want the gift she has, or I want the gift he has, or I want people to listen to me, well, then what it demonstrates is that we're out of the will of God because we lack humility. Mm -hmm. And humility is where it all starts. When he says, do not think more highly of yourselves than you ought, the Apostle Paul knew what he was talking about because he had this struggle with being conceited. <laughs> You know, he'd been to heaven. He'd mm -hmm. seen these mm -hmm. unbelievable revelations. He was taught face to face by Jesus for three years in the Arabian wilderness. Not three years consecutively, but over a period of three years. And um, it would have been easy when somebody questioned him or challenged him to say, wait a minute, when were you in heaven? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when did Jesus come and teach you? And so God gave him the thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan permitted to buffet his flesh, causing him great pain whenever he had a tendency to get carried away with himself. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a smart man who understood that that was a gift. Even though it was a painful gift, it yeah. was a gift from God. Yeah. Well, when we refuse to be humble, 
when we start looking out and wanting what other people have, God's not going to be able to use you, and there's going to be your own version of a thorn, not necessarily a physical affliction, but, but God is going to keep prodding and pushing to get you to that place where you understand that, that humility mm-hmm. is the key to being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the only sort of autobiographical... Oh, we're running out of time, Paul. Oops. The only autobiographical description we have of Jesus that he gave us himself, he said, for he's meek and lowly in heart and humble. And he wants us to be humble as well. Mm-hmm. So if we can start with that, and then we can believe within a faith that God will let us know what his perfect will for our lives is. Not the perfect will 10-year plan or 5-year plan mm-hmm. or 20-year plan, mm-hmm. but but the perfect will for God day after day after day. Mm-hmm. The first one after uh, not thinking too highly of yourself, being humble, is God wants us all in a body of believers. He wants, he wants us all at church, not watching church on TV. Yep. He wants us all in church so we can humble ourselves yep. and serve one another. And the Christian who says, well, I don't need church. You know, it's my only day off or I've got other things I can do and I can watch online. Mm-hmm. That's a person who lacks humility. Yeah. They're out of the will of God for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That that person needs the body and the body needs yeah. him. Yeah. Paula, I just went on too long. I'm so sorry. We're, we got one minute. What do you want to say to finish? Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. That's and right. You have to say because you won't be here. Tomorrow. No, I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, you'll be here tomorrow, but then you won't be here Monday and Tuesday because Christmas and the day after. Uh, but Merry Christmas, and uh, really, seriously, focus on Jesus. You know, before you go to when you go to bed at night and when you wake up in the morning, and be thankful. Just be thankful that you get to wake up and and have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Let let God use you instead of the devil abusing you. Mm. I think that's a good way to think about it. Mm. Uh, if you get focused on you, your pain, your loneliness. Uh, or even the time of season. I don't have money to buy gifts. Serve somebody. You can be the gift. Yeah. Imagine you being Jesus' gift. Aww, that'd be awesome. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Word of Santa for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock to take your phone calls and answer your questions. See you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.